Interesting morning it is here after having been visited by the ghost of FBI present yesterday. <laughs> here at our property, we were uh, walking around, hanging out with the fur babies, Joey and I, uh, yesterday afternoon, morning after the show, still morning actually, barely before noon, and uh, saw three strangers approaching the back gate uh, of the property here. And video is up on YouTube. Uh, I guess if you want to, uh, if you want to go take a break and watch it and come back and catch up and watch this show on five minute delay, I wouldn't blame you. Um, but yeah, it's there. And uh, we have uh, the, the interesting outcome. And we was that not that they asked me whether I was at the Capitol on January 6th, because I look kind of like this one guy. One picture wearing a Trump is my president shirt. Yeah. Um, we're going to be post gaming this one for a while, but probably not today. Uh, today's Catch Up Thursday. We got a lot of links we can get to this week. We got some fun new ones, and we have Travis Bull Johnson, candidate for Minnesota Congressional District 1, joining us in a little over an hour here, uh, about an hour and a half. And we have Ed co-hosting, who had his cell phone stolen by the FBI agents yesterday with a warrant, but stolen nonetheless. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to give it to Ed today to let him give you his update and say whatever he wants to about this now on the platform, now that he's had a chance to uh, get a new phone and review the warrant and the legal situation a little bit. So, um, very interesting FBI encounter here in Guardian yesterday. On its surface, it looks like they were using me as a way to find Ed and confront him as uh, non-escatorally. <laughs> Uh, as as de-escatorally <laughs> de-escalating, uh, uh, yeah, like they they were I, they they were making the they weren't they weren't looking for an excuse to raid the compound, you know, with with guns drawn. They came up in you know business casual, plain clothes. So um, my my liability, you know. Well, anyway, some people are saying that. Yes, I was right, and I actually called them out on it at one point during the encounter. When we haven't released this part of the footage yet. This is uh, part two, uh, which we're going to have to wait to release until uh, a little more legal review of the situation. But I, I think I can safely say that at, uh, at one point in the video, uh, I said, you know, it sounds like this is all an excuse to steal a cell phone. And... Um, some people are suggesting, no, maybe they're using Ed's cell phone and the fact that he was at the Capitol on January 6th is the excuse to come to bother me at my fence line. Very, very strange encounter. Uh, your interpretations and help understanding the situation over the next who knows how long, uh, certainly over this weekend as we try to figure this out, would be very much appreciated. Um, as it says at the end of the video, 
And uh, the total, the total encounter or the total video that, that Joey got on her phone was worth like 22 and a half minutes. And the only encounter before this is me walking up to the fence to greet three strangers looking just polite and friendly um, until they say, hey, we're FBI agents. And I say, hey, do you mind that we if we film this encounter? I said, thanks. Stand by and walk back to Joey and said, hey, is your camera charged? Is your phone charged enough? Can you can you record this incident? And uh, so she followed. So I did a little intro over the camera and then walked over to talk to the FBI agents. And uh, so the whole encounter. So, I mean, there's 22 minutes and change, maybe like two minutes at the beginning. The whole thing was just 24 minutes uh, or so altogether. And uh, if you watch that five minute video of the first five, it's the first five minutes on on camera, unedited, just me talking until they ask to get to Ed because uh, we decided to cut it there, one for a teaser of the whole video and the rest of it, but also because Ed, Ed had yet to determine uh, his legal posture and liability with this situation overall. So uh, given that I'm doing my best to be respectful and, and I've already got criticism, but don't worry. I thought this out in the moment, you know, the Ed's, they, they, they're like, why'd you give up Ed and tell him that, that he was there? Well, Ed's location here is not a secret. If they're coming here for Ed Vallejo and they want to talk to him, uh, what, what, what the worst I could be doing for them by trying to like hide Ed here would be like, make them wait till he leaves out the front gate eventually. Like that's, that's not real. So um, I, I did consider that when they said, Hey, we're actually looking for Ed Vallejo before I said, well, he's here. Uh, this is the FBI. His location's not secret. They know he's here. I'm not going to fight it like this. <laughs> you know, uh, Ed, I'll give Ed the option to tell them he doesn't want to talk to them at all. But uh, as it played out, I'm pretty sure that, um, you know, if he had said, I don't want to talk to them, they would have talked to me and said, well, Mr. Kokesh, that's fine. But we know that his cell phone is here and we have a warrant for it and we would like to get it as peacefully as possible. So we suggest you cooperate. Uh, and, and I want to say before we get Ed on here even to say thank you for, for handling this properly. And uh, at least to your considerations uh, first and to mine as well for uh, defending the privacy of this property against incursion by the FBI uh, by at least denying them that one excuse. Make them work a little harder. If they want to raid this joint, they're going to have to make up some more serious shit than somebody here was at the Capitol on January 6th and we have a warrant for a cell phone because, you know, we have to protect the politician, protect the Capitol, it's sacred. And in case y'all are wondering why I got my hair up and I'm in my hoodie again, we had casual Wednesday. It's not casual Thursday because my dry cleaning isn't ready yet. We'll get there. Uh, with that, let's get producer Jim on here, executive producer for the producer notes, ladies and gentlemen, Jim Freedom. Great morning to you. How's it going there? That's, oh, uh, it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's wild. Yeah, I mean, you know how it is here, Jim. I mean, you haven't you haven't had any. Law enforcement encounters in Gardenia. And uh, I, I mean, I've only had, I guess, like, well, I mean, we've had, we've had police in the neighborhood looking for other people uh, loud and obnoxiously at night. The police, not the other people. Uh, we've had zoning people leave threatening notices on the gate and, you know, like cowards. Um, and we chased them away successfully. Uh, and then we've had, when, when we had the little fire, a little brush fire out here, 
uh, and uh, we had county uh, local county deputies out here, and they were they were fine. That wasn't you know what, what was inappropriate. And I'm not going to call this guy out, but the one who there were two of them. The one who went to my neighbor's house and said, you need to evacuate and get all your animals out of here and freaked out this old lady. It was like, fuck yeah. you, sensationalist, make yourself feel important bullshit. Um, yeah. But uh, it wasn't malicious. Um, and, and the other one he was, was polite. Yeah. You had the uh, one officer in that situation trying to call in extra fire units from farther away. And you're like, it's handled, man. You know, we got it under control. Yeah. And it was at that yeah. point. It was Even really the fire under control people at that here point. are saying right. that it was no, practically out and right. under control when they got here. Exactly. And uh, yeah, but this this is different. This is yeah, FBI. When I, when I watched the FBI video, my first watch, you know, if you just watch the five minute video, I had my normal reactionary, you know, oh, he shouldn't have said Ed was there. Oh, he should have, you know, said I don't answer questions. Yeah. I don't answer questions. But as you explain it, obviously that makes way more sense and. Well, you know. the other thing is, I, you know, I, I thought about this because someone was like, "How, Adam? Why are you talking to them at all? They didn't invite his FBI. FBI shows up to your door, right? They're not. They're not. Let the them talk they're not the you. policy enforcers, <laughs> right? No, you at least let them talk to you. Now, I agree. Like, don't answer questions. And if you can, if, if you're not confident in your ability to not answer questions, you know, you do what Ed did, which was. I don't want to, is this, am I being, he, he said, you know, is this a custodial interview? This isn't the second part we haven't released right. yet. Right. He said, is this a custodial interview? If not, it's over. And they said, well, we have a warrant, you know? Right. right. And um, so he, I think he managed it very well also, because if, if the FBI shows up and says, we have a warrant for your cell phone. And it's the FBI and you can feel confident, but it's not just some hooligans impersonating the FBI. Um, you know, you, you I, I think verbal resistance, logistical resistance even might be appropriate, but forcible resistance against the FBI showing up saying we have a legal claim to your property for, with a warrant. No, uh, I, I don't want to say never. I'm sure I could be convinced of some outside cases, but like generally, no, you're not getting into a gunfight with the FBI over a cell phone. You know, we're talking about managing this liability in this threat appropriately and that's i think ed did a great job uh but as for me not talking to them uh the i gave them nothing but public information one that uh i am not now nor have i ever been a trump supporter i really should have followed that up with at long last have you no decency fbi what is this, some COINTELPRO shit? I, mean, I did God like damn. how you never technically actually answered their question. Right. You just yeah. like use different colorful ways to point out how stupid the question yes, really exactly. was. Like, are yeah. you serious, really? Yeah. Or, so, you I, know. I, I feel, and, and I, I don't mean to brag, it's not because I'm some badass or I'm super smart or like have some special linguistic processing capability, but uh, I'm pretty confident talking to cops and knowing that I'm not crossing the line of giving up information. Now, I know that's that sounds like an impossibility. It's a very dangerous line to walk. But if you watch the rest of the video, and even this one, I'm in charge of the conversation. I'm staying on my property. I could ask them to fuck off at any time. I'm asking them a lot more questions than they're asking me. Yeah. And already in the five minutes, you can tell, like, I'm setting them up. You know, I'm probing them and they know that like they're not stupid. They're not like off guard, like, oh, my gosh, let's just walk up and talk to Adam Kokesh like it's no big deal. Um, 
but yeah, it was it it was weird. It was and and, and it was creepy. Like um, they said, they called me. Tried no, tried to reach you telephonically. Telephonically. <laughs> <laughs> like what the fuck is wrong with me? Did they teach you? Did they like take away some linguistic ability in FBI Academy? Whatever. iPhone. Um, it's a lot easier to say. <laughs> yeah, we tried. Yeah, we tried to iPhone you. <laughs> what? Like even that? No. So apparently they called and uh, probably during the show. <laughs> you know, it just everybody like I keep my call forwarding on and it says text me in my voicemail. Like, yeah, they can't. You're, you're the FBI. You can't send a, send a fucking text message and a, a, ask me to meet you at the gate. Yeah. Really? Yeah. No. Well, that was that was all a, that was all a sham, anyways, because you know that the I mean. Anybody, non FBI. No, they said work at your gate. Come down. Like I would have looked and oh fuck, there's someone at my gate. You know, they'll, they'll respond. But like instead, they said we couldn't reach you, so we snuck around your back gate. Sorry, Jim. You're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. I don't know. I don't know. They're just retarded. Fuck them. Yeah, like Moose Girl 08 says, "Fuck you, FBI." I know you're watching right now. Those same guys that were at your property are literally watching right now. Do you have anything to say to them? <laughs> <laughs> well, first, I, I mean. It, this is one of those situations where it's it's tempting to knee jerk go. Well, what's the most evil intention of government? So, you know, let's go the other way for a second. Um, like I said in the video, are you guys just trying to check a box in some bullshit extended investigation having to do with January sixth? And it's, yeah, they're like, yeah, basically, it's not, and it's not even them. They're the Phoenix field office of the FBI. They're not the D.C. headquarters, but it's an interesting insight into the FBI's investigation of January 6th and that they've got field agents from all over the country from different offices going out and bugging people like this, you know, to get chased down every little thing they can about it. What, what are you commenting on here, dear? All right. Promotion. Yes. Right. Now, coming in the future, following the FBI visit by dropping us a super chat. Well. I mean, Joey here and and Pat and Ed are, you know, a uh, new level of security consciousness right now. And, and I've kind of accepted that I would rather live out here. Uh, we're going to need to build a wall. It's going to be the greatest wall ever. Huge, yes. So I, I you know, even here, like, like at least here, if the FBI is going to come visit, they got to do creepy shit and they got to drive two and a half hours from Phoenix to come find us. Like I'd still rather be out here for security reasons than in pretty much any other situation. Uh, except being out here with a big wall, Matt weighs in Matt Baxley on YouTube. Do they go to the front gate, read the sign and drive around the fence? Um, I don't think they well, drove around the fence because you, there's a road. You have to go a good ways around to get to your back of your property and, or else you're cutting right through somebody else's property. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and, and in the video we haven't released yet, I said, uh, do y'all know you're trespassing right now? And I had it on two different grounds. One, because they were standing within a foot of my fence which means they're on my property because my fence is set back a foot. Um, but also they were totally like, and even if they said the easement was a thing, they trespassed on the neighbor's property, walking across to where they met me at the fence. Like, and they, I, you know, I, I was, like I said, I was almost interrogating them more than they were me. Uh, definitely more than they were me, you know, and I, I should have said, you know, ignorance of the law is no excuse, asshole. <laughs> you just, right. You're trespassing. Someone told you you <laughs> was an easement. 
well, yeah, this isn't proper usage and you're not even on the easement right now. And I could have been like way more, you know, hard ass in their faces about and, it. And for uh, the record, that neighbor of yours whose property they walk through has previously threatened other people walking through his property with a weapon. He's come out with his dogs and his gun and said, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, walking yeah, through I, I, I he must not have been home. <laughs> get, uh, you know, properly addressed, uh, you know, Juniper Wood Ranch style as trespassers right. out here at some point. <laughs> but also that they were, yeah, I mean, they, they, they knew they could have contacted me by email publicly, you know, not just telephonically. Uh, they could have sent me a text message and I would have responded. At least I would have come to the gate and met them at the front gate and say, say like, and he, like they could have honked the horn at the front gate. Yeah. I, and it makes me wonder if they actually came to the front gate at all. I don't think we don't have, we, we, we have security cameras, but very limited space coverage with those security cameras. Uh, we don't have like a property wide system here. Um, and, and this gets to like, if, if we turn this into some kind of fundraiser or, or, you know, try to get some kind of upgrade to the pro property as a result of this, it's going to be like, Hey guys, we need, we need help getting a decent security camera set up. But I, I actually do want to build a perimeter wall here. And it's like, if you want to come and serve a warrant in Gardenia, you're going to have to go through appropriate government channels first and send it to the uh, prime minister or send it to the prime minister's office who would send it to, you know, the uh, Gardenia attorney general for review before sending it to the Gardenia security forces for appropriate execution of their direction in response to a warrant being issued against one of our citizens by a foreign government uh, certainly wouldn't let them into this nation's territory, uh, you know, to execute a simple warrant, especially if it was for a victimless crime. Uh, but yeah, we'll get to, we'll get to that point. We're not there yet. Uh, but even, even before we declare sovereignty here, just having an, a solid perimeter wall up for privacy, you know, it, it's a security wall, you know, after it's a windbreak and water retention and critter control and sound control, but it's also privacy and security. And for, uh, the, the the privacy that's a big deal for security in an example like this because they can't say i see you you look like adam kokesh we're fbi come here we're talking to you or we're going to come on this property if you don't on this suspicion and like well shit no make them come to a little uh you know slot in the wall pass their uh warrants in and see what happens uh but also some vehicle approach security here would be would be nice uh, you one two three eight eight one. You really need to find a username that is easier to say on the air. Whoever you are, because I'm just gonna start calling you the U one guy on YouTube. Cell phones will be the end of us. Well, yeah, yeah, or or the start. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jim, hit us with the actual producer notes and promos, then, so we can give Ed the platform to come on and fully say his piece, since he really was, at least uh, for the time being, the the focus of the FBI's attention and the target of their warrants. That's scary. Can't wait to hear that story. Well, I, I just wanted to let you know, as producer, friendly reminder, we've been uploading to all kinds of new places. We've been uploading clips. We got BitChute Library. Uh, our podcast audio style is going up on uh, Acast, which puts it up everywhere. We're on Spotify. I believe we're going to be on uh, that other big one, Pandora. I always forget about the name of that one. So we're everywhere. So don't forget to search for the clips and the show itself. 
on other avenues to help us get support on there as well. Um, after that, whoever wins the contest today, whatever the contest is going to be, we haven't even found out because we've been so busy with the FBI. Somebody's going to win a contest today and win access to the private producers club, which is a little bit different than the public producer producer. It's not even a producers club, the public telegram channel t.me forward slash Adam versus the man. The private producers club is another telegram channel that you can win access to with the contest, or you can just buy your access through Patreon. One, five, 10 and $50 a month. There are different packages. $10 a month will get you access to that private producers club, which is going to get you a link to the backstage of the show every day. So you could join us if you wanted. And also 15% off and free shipping on any merchandise that you end up purchasing from the website once it's up and running and ready to go. Next, you can check out cigarfederation.com. Excellent website for exotically flavored cigars. They work with us and you can use promo code ADAM10 to get 10% off your entire order there. So definitely check it out at cigarfederation.com. Take advantage of that promo code. Uh, Instagram, at the Garden of Freedom. If you love pictures, you love videos, and you love gardenia, this is where you should be. You should check out Instagram, at the Garden of Freedom. It'll tell you, show you through pictures and videos everything that the be holds beauty in the life of gardenia up there. I just butchered the shit out of that sentence, but you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and uh, next, the Crypto6.com. This is the Bitcoin church that was raided. You guys have heard of it up there in Keene, New Hampshire. They've got a link on this page for the people that are still in cages you can write to and let them know you're supporting them and you're with them. There's QR codes. You can donate different cryptocurrencies to their legal funds to help them out that way. And lastly, GoGreenEnergyOnline.com is a website we send everybody to if they're thinking about doing it yourself to get yourself on solar power, micro wind power, zero energy homes. It's a great website for information and resources. So definitely check that out. GoGreenEnergyOnline.com. Uh, click that website. Click all the buttons and educate yourself. There you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, co-hosts. FBI target at Vallejo. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Mr. Kokesh. <laughs> well, Ed, what do you have to say for yourself after yesterday? What do you have to say for the FBI? To the FBI. Someone at the FBI better be listening to this. <laughs> Number one, to the FBI, I know you're watching. You've probably been watching. That's okay. I understand. I am not going to make your job easy. Okay? Oh, wow. Super chat already. Right on. <laughs> you. You're, you're a cool dude, man. You. Is it? There we go. <laughs> you know, username bad or not, I don't care. The, the dude's pretty cool. Dude or chick, whatever it is. Hey, pretty cool. <laughs> good stuff going. <laughs> hey, Ed, uh, all right. But before you elaborate on making the FBI's criminal job more difficult for them, do you want to wait until you get your phone back? Do you care at this point? No. I got to say, no. one of the things, before anything else, uh, it was really badass how you were able to so calmly. Oh, you got to know your government. You want to warrant, you got you a piece of paper. It gives you excuse to use force to take my phone. Here it is. Whatever. you get to, It's just a, it's a little electron. I'll go get another one. I thought that was amazing because I am so attached to my phone. That would have driven me nuts. And the way you handled that, once you decided to make that play, 
your execution, very elegant. And and this is like I said, second part of the video upon Ed getting to because there was some discussion of personal information that that might be appropriate to redact or little bits here and there. Um, so we are what we're going to be doing is releasing like an almost unedited version of the rest of the encounter for our patrons, patreon.com slash Adam versus the man. Uh, but at some point we're going to do a condensed like seven, eight minute version of the whole thing for the general public. We're not hiding the story. We want people to learn from this experience, but right now patrons and, and patrons will always have some special access. This is a cool one where it's like, Hey, you really want to see Ed in action, the full 17 minutes, patreon.com slash Adam versus the man. So Ed, uh, with all that, I mean, and, and yet, by the way, before I I, I want to let you say whatever you want to say. You will have the time here about to talk about this. But like yesterday when we were talking with the FBI, I kept saying stuff that was sort of like not so subtle hints to Ed to be like, hey, Ed, you know, you have an option to challenge this. Right. Like I said, you know, I'm not even sure these are FBI agents. Do you want to do something to confirm their identity? You know, like, or do you want to examine the warrant? Don't you get a receipt for that? You know, just, you know, those kinds of questions. And I'm like, I want to do the same thing on the show today. Like, Ed, the FBI is watching. Careful what you say. But yeah, go, please. Go ahead, sir. Adam, you're young. <laughs> I understand. Okay. It's the impetuosity of youth. Okay. Okay. For the audience out there, my name is Edward T. Vallejo. I am a veteran of the United States Army and an honor graduate of the U.S. Army Signal Corps. Okay? Signal Corps. That's communications. Communications is how humans relate to each other. That's been my specialty from the beginning. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to give you a class on how to interact with authority. Number one, when authority hands you papers, you stop everything that's going on and you read every single word that's on the paper. Because within the paper that they give you, hidden in there are all kinds of clues of what the hell's going on. Okay, mm -hmm. and you can use their paperwork against them nine times out of ten. Now, I screwed. That's one of the things I did I, yesterday. I said I screwed up and I didn't stop and read the paperwork they handed me because if I had, I would have read right at the very beginning at the top under United States District Court warrant by telephone or other electronic means. Blah blah blah. It says request the search and seizure of the following person or property located in the jurisdiction of the District of Columbia. Had I stopped mm. and read that to start with, I would have said, well, ladies and gentlemen, you're a you're long way from down. the District of Columbia, and this doesn't have any weight here. Yeah. <clears throat> then, if I'd have continued on to read later, it said here, uh, the phone, which was what they were after to begin with, uh, is which is to be seized from the person of Edward Vallejo, born on my birthday, says, without entering his property or residence, and while he is within the United States. Yeah. This is so, why so Ed, they so, walked up. Yeah. 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 So I'm thinking yes, you Adam. could have had, 
you so you missed a couple of opportunities to verbally resist and challenging yes. the warrant and saying either hey guys you know let me review this first it's not applicable here um or and they would have said they might have said well according to the fine print no it's just being issued in the district of columbia and by our legal blah 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 blah, blah it applies here we're going to use force if you resist right or oh, if you accept well it's yeah. it, there's this other technical thing and if they had agreed with you and said ah shit they come back tomorrow with, or you know, with, with a with the wording change in the warrant, and then they have the excuse. But you're right; those would that's the kind of stuff I was trying to encourage you to like play every angle, like challenge their identity, like they fly, like make them let you take pictures of their faces and IDs because they didn't let me do that, and I had no grounds to do that at that point because they said they were they were done with me legally. Um, but yeah, they're 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 every time. There's a complex encounter like this. There's going to be, ah, I should have said this. Ah, I could have done that. Ah, I could have whatever. Um, and and I, I just want to point out that we 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 thoroughly post-game this. And the overall decisions that we made were right on. Our execution yes. was yes. right on. And it was just that there were a few, a few bonus point questions we missed on the quiz, maybe. Right. Fair assessment. It was, like you said, it was really weird. It was really spooky, okay? They made up the the pretense of how to get your attention with yeah. a, 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 a video printout of somebody that obviously wasn't you, didn't look like you, and had a, you know, a, Trump is my president t-shirt on? Come on! Yeah. They just did that. So that you you'd say, hey, what are you guys doing? Hey, are you so and so? Okay, now, oh, by the way, uh, you you seen Ed? They knew I was here. They pinged the phone. They knew the phone was here. Okay. Yeah, no, and, uh, and you were able to put together FBI here for me, here from or here from my phone, connected to January sixth. In the unfortunate legal reality we live in today, that's enough of an excuse for the FBI to take your phone. It's not an excuse for them to rip all the data and leak it. It's not an excuse for them to rip all the data and like post your private shit public. But for them to have it, yeah, sorry, that's fucked up. That's why I want to get rid of the FBI. But that's sort of okay. That's uh, that's it's not an anomaly in that sense. But yeah, the nature of it makes you wonder: Does it really have anything to do with that, or is it a way to creep people out? I mean, is that part of their game? Like, we want people to be afraid. You know, we want people to know that we can sneak up on them at any time. Like we want people to know that we're watching them and that if you're near a protest, we can come and steal your cell phone. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a that's a real psychological and logistical burden to place on the American people and activists who are paying attention to this shit who know they are more likely to be targeted because they're activists. But I would say to the average American who's like, Well, I'm safe, I'm not an activist. No. We we might be more likely, but the machine eats random people by accident sometimes too. Well, the important thing to remember when you encounter authority is don't lie. Because nine times out of ten, they know the truth to start with. And when you lie to them, then that gives them the wherewithal to take you because you've lied to a federal agent. Okay? Yeah. They, they love nothing better than to compound things with more things and more things so that you have enough things that they can, when they get you in court, they can say, well, we'll drop all six of these if you 
say you're guilty to the seven. Right, yeah. right. No, it, it, that, it makes you wonder with the, this encounter, like, pretty sure there was an ulterior motive involved. Yeah, and yeah, it was to get... We can only speculate. <sighs> okay, now, uh. I didn't do anything, okay? And they weren't here to get me. They were here to get the information that was on my phone that they might be able to use against the people that they have already in custody. So, and you know, the crazy thing is, if if you had been subpoenaed somehow, or they had, they had a warrant and requested the data off your cell phone, and I I actually made this point to them, like, hey guys, isn't there a more like courteous way to do this instead of taking the phone and why not just plug it in and rip the data off it? You know, like I, even with my phone with this like hundred gig hard drive, something, whatever, I can put a USB cord from it onto my laptop and like an hour or two tops, I've got all the data. If you had a device designed for that, you know, you could say, Hey, I'm sorry, we have a warrant. We have to rip the data off your phone. But like, why take someone like for me, it would be, access to financial accounts, crypto, passwords, personal notes, photos, videos, some stuff that's backed up, some that isn't even. And it's like, uh, I back stuff up, but if I just wrote some, if I just wrote some notes in my notepad on my phone and it, you know, I haven't done a backup in a couple of weeks, then it's like a couple of weeks of personal notes they're taking, but it's that logistical practical ability. Ed was very lucky to be in a position to say, I'm going to, drive an hour, I'm going to go to a store, I'm going to get another phone, I'm going to plug in my passwords and get most of my data back. And the way he is on his phone is kind of lightweight like that, which is, I'm thinking like, shit. I, 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 I need to be more like that with my phone. I need to be less dependent on this singular device. You know, lesson learned. Uh, Jim, are we actually saying just physically being there is worn enough to take your cell phone? I feel like I would resist that. Um, yeah, so Jim, in principle... It should have been a subpoena and not a warrant. It's, you're, you're, it's, it's essentially in Ed's function as a witness, as a third party to a crime. He should have been given the option to voluntarily testify before it was demanded of him in that sense. Um, but that's not the legal standard we live under today. It's if, if your phone was in the vicinity of a crime, hypothetically, yeah, they can do this. Now, now, I genuinely believe that on its face, what they're saying with the warrant and the phone custody is true. They're going to take it, they're going to rip the data, and they're going to bring it back in, I don't know, like, you know, a few days, a week. And I wouldn't say depend on this at all, Ed. They, they might never bring it back. Um, but as Jim says, yeah, this is not right at all. Uh, Patrick Lewis, uh, feed the snake, it goes away, fuck with it, it bites. That, that was kind of the situation we found ourselves in yesterday. That's a, that's a fair exactly. yeah. And that's they showed me a warrant. It said it was for my phone. Okay, I'll go get it. Here you go. Here's my phone. Is yeah. it off? Yeah, it's off. That's the way it was. Well, what about the password? It's fine. Here, 1428. There's your password. Yeah. I turned it on. I went to about the phone, and it had the numbers of the SIM and all of that stuff, and we matched it up with the papers that were on, yeah. the, on there. It matched here. Take it. So, Ed, yeah, there was one when you handed it over, the guy said one interesting thing that was like about biometrics. And you pointed this out in the warrant that it very specifically was worded in such a way that if you had a thumbprint access to your phone, they could have held you down 
excuse me, and used and forcibly put your thumb on your phone, tased you. I mean, they could I hypothetically resist enough, they could have shot you and then unlocked it with your thumbprint, right? Uh, scary possibility. Let me please read that to the people. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me make the one point first, Ed. Yeah, please do. But the, the point I want to make here is very, very, very important for everyone with the illusion of security and encryption. And the way I've said this is like, you one, you don't know. As long as your device is managed by a mainstream carrier, you don't know what spyware, what malware, what backdoors might be in there because the government. But what they showed us yesterday is there's another big back door they got access to, which is fuck you, we're sealing your device. And they don't need much justification to get a warrant to get the system to back them up and saying, fuck you, we're sealing your device. So nothing you put on your phone, nothing you type electronically into anything can be said to be 100% secure. And everybody needs to be aware of that. Ed, please read this critical part of the warrant. Okay. It says, during the execution of the search of Vallejo, law enforcement personnel are also specifically authorized to obtain from Vallejo the compelled display of any physical biometric characteristics, such as fingerprint, thumbprint, facial characteristics, or iris display, necessary to unlock any device or devices requiring such biometric access subject to seizure pursuant to this warrant for which law enforcement has reasonable suspicion that the aforementioned person's physical biometric characteristics will unlock the device to include pressing fingers or thumbs against and or putting a face before the sensor or <laughs> any other security feature requiring biometric recognition of blah, blah, blah for the person of attempting to unlock the device's security features in order to search the contents as authorized by the warrant. It goes on later and says, but if, if the person gives it up willingly, that's okay too. Yeah. And, and it, the, it once, so I, I questioned your determining of, yeah, these are FBI agents and not some weird goons uh, just trying to pull some shit. Um, but yeah, you reasonably determined that they are FBI agents. Yes. By their dress. This specified threat of force with documentation that they were willing to have recorded and show and go, yeah, this there's a gun behind this piece of paper and there are three guns behind it standing right here. And that's a scary thing to have to negotiate and realize. But when you do, you go, okay, this is the right decision. Adam, you know, when you, when you see three guns, you know there's five of them behind them that you don't see. Oh, at least. No, and there was another vehicle. And yeah, I, I don't think FBI gets to come visit Adam Kokesh without a drone in the air. Probably not. <laughs> they flew over us before they even pulled up. I'm 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 quite sure. Yeah. Don't say anything that you don't want recorded out loud. Yeah. Don't type or write anything that you would want held against you in a court of law. Be careful of what you say, do, and think because there are repercussions in an oppressive, tyrannical prison planet that we're on. Are you know it's going to affect you. You, you? It's too big. It's 
It's a giant behemoth that believes it owns us and that we are its chattel and it can do with us as it pleases. So we have to guard our thoughts and guard our words and protect ourselves and our loved ones the best we can. So when I went to D.C., I went with honest intentions. I wanted those in authority to know that I disagreed with what they were doing. And just being there was a show of my disagreement. That's it. So when I went to D.C., and I, yes, I was in Washington, D.C. on January 5th and 6th. I wasn't going to tell, you know, officials that. I would rather do like I advise everyone. When an official asks you a question, your response is, I do not wish to answer any questions without the presence of my attorney. When they asked me the second question, I repeated, I do not wish to answer any questions without the presence of my attorney. When they asked me the third question, I used my favorite line, and I've used it many times with authority, and that is, will this be a custodial interview? Yeah. Which means this, this is my saying, am I being detained? They said, no. I said, good, then it is over. And I turned around and I walked away. Now, at yeah. that point, they said, wait, wait, so Mr. Vallejo, Mr. Vallejo. My, my mistake was turning around and looking at them. I should have kept walking. But when they said, we have a warrant for your phone. Yeah, well, no, they would have eventually turned it into respond or we're coming in with force. Yeah, yeah. And when they said that. warrant, then I knew that they had an authorization for use of force and i needed to de-escalate that authorization right so the only way to do that is give them what they want here like the, give, don't fuck with the snake give it what it wants and it will bite you here and it goes away okay that's fine with me because i on purpose i had my phone on location on high accuracy the entire time that i went back east so that it would document every last place i went and timestamp every location that I was at, and they will look at that phone and they'll say, he wasn't there. So I think they're just going to go through there. There might be pictures in there that somebody posted somewhere that I'm, I don't even think I have that because when we were done with everything, everybody just dropped signal and all of that stuff is on the signal app and not even on my phone. So the only thing <laughs> on my phone is a picture of me in DC like this standing a long <laughs> way away from where things were happening with a big crowd behind me. And from there, I departed and left and went back to the hotel in Virginia. So there's just nothing they can, you know, they're not going to come back here and take me for anything. And if they do, it's because Joe Biden says, I don't care if you got evidence or not. I want you to take every last person you can get your hands on and put them in a fucking cage. And that is a scary not unrealistic possibility. I mean, that might be a fringe possibility, but that's a very one realistic enough we have to consider. And uh, I mean, you're not concerned about getting your phone back. You don't really care. Pretty low liability to you. Yeah, he's already moved into his new phone and happy. You know, yeah, they did. I point out that even the scorpion cats of Guardian are aware of the possible use of force. They hear that cops. Yeah. Animals and, and, and Mama Cat came running for the kittens and all took him away took from, them the away from the FBI agents. <laughs> yeah, Mama Cat's got a better stranger danger 
radar than I do. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, one well, so the uh, I mean, my favorite part of that whole video is the uh, police encounter for the animals <laughs> for Thelma and Louise in Maryland, uh, and someone's get is that an important call? Yeah, Ed's got to take sorry, a call. I'm yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it was. I don't care. I said, sorry, I'm on a show yeah, right now. <laughs> the the fur babies interact. Like, Thelma and Louise went and laid down at one of the, like, on one of the guy's feet. And it was like, that's the ultimate de-escalation. Like, surround yourself with a cloud of puppies and kittens. Human shields. Fur baby shields, right? No, but they, they, they were the, the ambassadors of Gardenia greeting them. Off the property, just snuck, just, just fences and the. But this is why I want a wall. I mean, even if we can't get a wall, uh, we got to get horse fencing up for critter control because I want to keep my dog safe. If a if an F, if a cop walks up to my fence and a dog, one of my dogs, sees them as a threat, I mean, you could bait one of my dogs outside of my fence with a piece of steak, you know, like no shit, um, and then shoot it because. It was coming right for you, or you felt threatened, and 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 just that kind of security out here. I I really want to get the the horse fencing, and and get, what I'm referring to as horse fencing, so people know, is like it's it's like a steel wire grid of like two inch by four inch rectangles, and uh, right now we have the barbed wire fence. Just twist wiring that around the inside would be you know a major upgrade in in security and critter control, even with just that. So. Um, Ed, yeah, before before I get to your, your big final point, perhaps, on this, or my big final question for you, like, is there anything about the, the circumstance of the event that, that you want to say? What, from yesterday? Yeah. No, not really. I mean, it was basically, you know, don't, don't answer questions, okay? I don't know if anybody noticed, but there's another de-escalation tactic I used on them. I don't even think they were aware of it. Don't make eye contact with any of them because when you make eye contact, they take that as a opportunity for engagement. I never looked any of them in the eye. I answered, I did what I did without looking at any of them. They didn't have a chance to engage me. Oh, but, oh, but yeah. there was none of that. If you, have, if you have a challenge with that engagement, that's a very good technique. But you know what I like doing, Ed? Looking them aggressive eye contact to let them know that I see them I and that right. I know what they're doing and I'm in charge of the situation. Especially but there's a camera and running. I, I, I make eye contact until they disengage. They you had know? a camera Even running on me. I can do it. <laughs> they were recording me. I knew they were recording me because it has all of this has to do not only with them fishing for stuff on other people that but they're also fishing for me trying to pin me on anything they possibly can because the paperwork in here says that part yeah. of the fruits of my phone is the mindset of the users uh, the de device users that's me they wanted my mindset they want to know how anti-government i am how you know all of this stuff who i'm in cahoots with and am i part of this can they can, can they drag me into this conspiracy and put me in a cage? You know, that's that's what they're looking for. They're, they want to put as many people in cages as they can to justify the money that they're stealing from the people in the name of a paycheck. 
Okay. So, I mean, that, yeah, that, it could be just that. It could have, you know, nothing to do with me other than they use me as an excuse to contact you or a way to contact you. Because they, they genuinely wanted a de-escalatory interaction. They did, they, they, at no point, I mean, they did what they did as subtly as they could have. If they had other ulterior motives, they didn't push hard to, like, bait any of us into giving them an excuse for a raid or anything like that. Because I, I think in and of itself, like the mission of, of those three was get the cell phone, maybe ask some other questions, do it subtly. We're not here to escalate. Maybe they're putting cameras around, maybe, but you know, they, they got drone. Like I, anything we no, do outside no. here, anybody can be looking at from the sky without you knowing about it. It's another like, sorry, in this, in this, world we live in if you're naked in your backyard no expectation of privacy there's satellite cameras there's drones that can see in at an angle uh there, there's drones that can fly so high that you you can't even see them or that, that, that you know practically can't see, you wouldn't notice them or they, they have really powerful cameras and they're observing you from a super distance uh just just know like that's and, and i've i've thought this through it all and i've thought all of this through and it is it's i'm not surprised by this but it is a weird like you know violating kind of experience to have them do some creepy shit like this and it really makes me want to build a wall just to have that security privacy control on my own property so people can't walk up and interact with people here Adam, I'm a dangerous man, and they know it. And those agents didn't want to die any more than I do, so they did it. What they did, what they did to accomplish their mission, which was acquire the phone. Okay. Well, that, their That's service mission. What was their real mission? And this, so this is my last big question for you, though, Ed. Is what do you think the ulterior motives might be here other than what we know as libertarians is the general justification of government and the police state? My brain isn't coming up with one. All right, well, read the YouTube comments if you want more speculation on that, Cal. There's plenty in there. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. But just remember... Don't don't say or do anything that you, that you're going to regret. Okay, that's that's basically it. Try and live a damn clean life, and you don't have to worry about keeping up with the lies. Yeah, yeah. It's like don't lie, and you don't have to remember your lies. It's you know, keep secrets, keep protect privacy, but don't lie. Live by your principles. And Adam, you know, people say, you know, what's the trick for going into encounter encounters like this? having nothing to hide, <laughs> you know, like, and, and, and that's not that you've never done anything illegal or aren't even doing something illegal in that moment. Because I know the average American commits you know, three felonies a day. Okay. If they can get you at any time. So protect yourself, protect the privacy of your affairs from government because they will find a crime to pursue you for. If they don't like you, if they want to make you a victim and exploit you. But if, if you're living by your principles, and you understand how government works, that you, you, you have no obligation to be open and honest with government or to, to share information with them. Because when they say it can and will be used against you, that means that they're going to make you a victim. 
I'm just a righteous man trying to get into heaven. What can I do? Right on. All right, Ed, let's get to some headlines. Looks like our guest is ready. Uh, we'll see if we get we get them plugged in a little early. Wait, Ed, comment contest. Oh, I, yeah. I know your brain has been totally preoccupied with other shit like the last oh, 24 no. hours. But Oh, no. I got me a contest, okay? All, All right, right, people. I have just made you the head of a grand jury. Okay? You're the head of a grand jury, and you can indict and prosecute anybody on the planet. Who do you got the goods on? Who do you want to prosecute? Who do you want to see on the stand? That's a great question. And, and if I may, if I if I may expand it slightly, if, if you had if you had control of a mechanism of justice, not necessarily the current uh, uh, grand jury legal framework, but perhaps in a voluntary society, if you had access or control or were entrusted with a mechanism of justice, for whom would you seek it first? Who would you prioritize? putting on trial right is, is that kind of the bigger question what's the, what's the who is the who do you think is responsible for the most injustice who you would like to be seen held accountable for it first trump yeah this, this now it's a juicy one bill gates yeah we're okay so how about some and wise to this uh, yeah. right you know if you want to win the con like yeah all answers to this question are crazy, crazy names and in he's there he's got the best answer already Whoever's right. touching Ed's old Maybe phone at this very moment, yes. <laughs> All right, that's why we love our live audience. Thank you so much for weighing in with that. Uh, not the serious answer, but a good snarky one to kick things off. Uh, so I, I think, but this is a serious question. This is a, It's a fun one. You know, a lot of fun throwing out names, um, suggesting that they're the greatest evils in the world right now. But it's a pretty serious, heavy one of, of prioritizing pursuit of injustice. So, yeah, um, yeah have at it. And with your whys. All right. Uh, let's let's get to some headlines, and then our guests will check back in with Ed. Thank you for uh, for everything you were able to share about your situation. I look forward to, to editing this video with you. All right. <clears throat> USAToday.com. You know, it's Thursday catch up on headlines day but we have one COVID story we've got to cover uh can't wait till monday from usatoday.com 178 healthcare workers suspended from houston methodist hospital system for refusing covid19 vaccination and a couple crazy it's, it sounds like a lot in the headline in a way it's sort of like a reverse to the point editorially of the story, which is that, oh, this 178 is a tiny, tiny fraction of our workers. And they're talking about, uh, or talking to Houston Methodist CEO, Mark Bloom, said that the 178 workers represent less than 1% of almost 25,000 employees. But what he didn't point out is that there were also 285 employees who received a medical or religious exemption and 332 who were granted deferrals for pregnancy and other reasons. And now it's still a very small portion here uh, in terms of if you're talking about the, the that it's 
a staff of 25,000. Um, but it becomes a lot bigger when you add in those numbers of people who are just openly saying, fuck you, we're not getting the vaccine. They're just, you know, politely sidestepped, as I might have in this situation, said, you know, hey, history of severe allergies, can you put me on the list to not get the vaccine? Cool. Now I can keep working as a doctor here. Whatever. Um, but this is is actually scratching at the surface of what the reality is, because from other research I've done, what we've seen is that the numbers are 50 to 90 percent. It comes down from one percent. I mean, you add 178 less than one percent, but then you add in uh, the other uh, the other exemptions here um, that it's plus. 285 medical or religious exemption and 332 granted deferrals for pregnancy and other reasons. And you know, now it's back in the normal range because later on in the story, it goes hospital workers across the nation risked their lives during the pandemic and many died of the virus. He had a recent USA Today survey of some of the recent hospital networks and public hospitals in the country to real staff vaccination rates vary widely from 51% to 91%. So you have those other numbers here in for Houston Methodist and you're all right, well, maybe you're in that 91%-ish range. Um, but the, the the language here, um, and and I, you know, language, John Bacon, USA Today, healthy sounding name, uh, is taking a really dangerous editorial uh position here with the language that is used by inference in a way that maybe he doesn't even recognize reinforcing a mainstream narrative put out by government that has been uh you know that is challenged by this story in front of him that he is reporting and it's uh, instead of like going well gee some of the largest hospital networks and public hospitals in the country reveal staff vaccination rates vary from as low as 51 percent to 91 percent. so there's some places there's some hospitals where 51% of the staff is going, hey, not taking the vaccine. And this is the most bullied population in America when it comes to taking the vaccine. Let me tell you about why this is. And not only just it, the story says IU Health said in a statement requiring vaccinations for healthcare employees is not new or unprecedented. Yeah, but a rushed experimental one where the people making it have no liability if they fuck up your health as a result. For a virus that is less dangerous than the vaccine by a lot of estimates. Um, but here, here it is. Boom. This is this is um, Mark Boom, Houston Methodist CEO, by the way. Uh, let's see. Rock Lansdowne. This country suit divided over conspiracy theories. Um, you know, I think there are a lot of false conspiracy theories that are deliberately put out there that are intended to be divisive. Um, but like, we don't have to be theorists to look at government and go, yeah, that's a giant conspiracy to fuck everybody over to keep the super rich getting richer at the expense of the rest of us. Uh, so this, this, you know, executive floor asshole, I, mm, Houston Methodist CEO, Mark Bloom. Not a doctor, not a nurse. I mean, he might he might have been before, but in his role now, he's overseeing, and he's not even supervising a hospital. It's an organization with 25,000 employees. 
This is not a healthcare delivery anything. This is this guy's pure corporate management. And he still says, despite these numbers, nearly 100% compliant with our COVID vaccine 19 mandate. Even though they have this group of suspended workers and all of these opt-outs. Right. Now, here's what I mean by the bullied population. It's not like if you don't get the vaccine, if you're a healthcare worker, we fire you. Boom said, quote, I wish the number could be zero. But unfortunately, a small number of individuals have decided not to put their patients first. You say this from the boardroom, from the executive suite, to people who are actually frontline healthcare workers. Good job. Healthy disrespect for authority on YouTube. Our local volunteer fire department changed their minds about mandatory jabs and over half said they quit. This is like one of the, so, you know, read the science, not just other people's interpretation of the science. If you, if, if you don't have trusted sources and government is not a trustable source at all. Uh when you see these headlines, there's, there's a, this is, I, I hope that what, this is why I had to cover the story today. There is a big false narrative being hoisted upon us, hoisted upon us through the mainstream media right now that, oh, everybody's getting vaccinated. Vaccination rates are so high. We're going to be at 70% by about, no. I mean, let's, let's do a quick Google. Let's ask Google. Not that Google is a trusted source, but. Uh, how many Americans, I did this before, how many Americans got the vaccine? I bet this number is uh, probably inflated. But um, <clears throat> according to just what you get off the top for the United States, uh, how many Americans have been vaccinated? 43%. Still a minority. Uh, you know, is it going to get over 50%? It doesn't, you know, that is a bit of a critical barrier. And then the, those who have, sacrificed their health in the name of fake science, political science, politicized science, uh, and virtue signaling. Uh, they can say they're in the majority. They're not yet. Maybe that. Maybe we should be fighting inch by inch to keep them from that landmark, but they're not going to get over it by a lot. Those of us who choose not to get vaccinated for whatever reason, at least for now, and I and I I might say, you know what? I might get vaccinated in the future. I'm open to it. I'll tell you, and and so, some of the people on, you know, the 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 uh, conspiracy fringe side of of our movement perhaps might say, Adam, how could you ever be open to getting a COVID vaccine? Well, let me let me explain my criteria here. Um, I I could imagine getting the vaccine for COVID. Um, you know, a few years from now, if there were one that were fully tested and, and we were confident about long-term effects and probably not any of the current ones would meet my criteria for safety. Uh, and, and I could be thoroughly tested for uh, potential allergic responses in a way that would avoid any, any actual anaphylactic response. Like if we could break down the ingredients in this vaccine, and, you know, I could get maybe like a skin prick test and be like, oh, yeah, okay, you're not going to react to any of this stuff. You can you know, probably take it safely. And there was a compelling enough reason 
for me to put all that effort in and for someone to pay for that because I had like I, I don't know I had some critical job like uh, I was going to be pundit from space and uh, you know Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos wanted me to accompany them to report and be the cynical libertarian you know uh, or or whatever it is that, that you know like okay yeah I'll take the vaccine like I'm not I'm not like I, I mean, they, they've changed the definition of anti-vaxxer so many times now. I'm really not. I would, I've never called myself an anti-vaxxer. I'm 100% against coerced vaccines, forcing medicine into people's body. No matter what, there's no fucking justifiable way uh, to, to say that's okay. No. 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 Um, but I'm generally pro-vaccine in the sense that, like, as a technology... Humans should be using vaccines. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and, and the introduction of government into how we do vaccines uh, represents a gross perversion of how they should be used and, and our potential that we're not getting them for. I mean, um, maybe we'd have a vaccine against the common cold, which, and we'll get to this is another story about COVID. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. I, I know you're like, oh, why do you just want to talk about COVID? Don't worry. I promise. Tomorrow, Good News Friday. I will have a white shirt on and we will not talk about COVID at all. <clears throat> but uh, <clears throat> don't worry, it's, it's just a little COVID. Um, the Indian variant, I hear that's the trendy one. The idea that we, we could be using vaccines overall so much more effectively, perhaps even to making the common cold not a thing, to, to stamping out so many other, you know, scourges of human, uh, you know, the global human petri dish. Uh, it, it would be nice. Uh, but we've actually already sort of realized a lot of that. Like compared to most of human history of us being aware of infectious diseases, we are as least appropriately worried. There's a lot of over worry, uh, but we, we are the least worried about them now as, as we ever have been. Thanks to uh, in, in large part to vaccines and modern medicine. And, and I want to get government out of the way to realize the potential of that science. Uh, so, that's it now. Today, still, and it's leveling off the uh, statistics for vaccinations. If you are not vaccinated, you are, as of today, in the at least 57% majority. Uh, now, for the rest of our catch-up Thursday grab bag, uh, should we get to our guest first? Is our guest, Jim says our guest is backstage. Are they waiting? Um, if so, I, I say we can we can do that first. Um, let me Let me pull up my uh we were going to get to them later but if they if, if they're if um if travis is chomping at the bit i have been i have been unfortunately irresponsible in responding to travis's texts of late and 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 uh i, I will uh, gladly admit that um so um yeah all right let's get travis on now ladies and gentlemen our guest today is travis bull johnson running as a libertarian for uh, Minnesota Congressional District 1, retired veteran from the Army, which, uh, you know, in my notes here, for some reason, Army is capitalized, which means it stands for ain't ready to be a Marine yet, right? Is that, is that, okay. Uh, husband, father, student, farmer, and a candidate running for the congressional seat to represent Minnesota CD7. Oh, sorry, I added in the other part of my notes, the CD1. Uh, but he is not your average politician lives in Beltrami, Minnesota. I think that's how you pronounce it, right? Um, on a small farmstead, married three kids, raises belted Galloway swine and kinder goats. 
and a bunch of different poultry. So, you know, I'm a fan of that conscientious living off grid self-sustainability. And you know what? I, I, there's, there's, there's a bit of a trend here. And unfortunately I, I have to point out Republican Thomas Massey as being a great positive example of this, of bringing a more conscientious modern lifestyle to leadership and being more independent uh, living off grid, self-sustaining is, is not a step backwards. It's a step forwards. A lot of it is an application of solar power and modern technology to live in an independent, conscientious, self-sustaining way. So Travis, uh, thank you for your patience and uh, for everything you've done to get into this position to raise uh, a credible threat to the establishment as a libertarian candidate. Thank you, sir. And uh, it was capital. I just remind you, Marines need heroes too. <laughs> uh, hey, man, we are we are excited here. I mean, we have uh, probably the best chance in the country to put a libertarian in Congress here. We're in an area that's very anti-establishment, uh, even more so with COVID. With a Demo we've had a Democratic governor who has just forced Minneapolis regulations on the entire state. Uh, and then turned around and insults the 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 rest of the state outside of the, of the city by basically saying there's nothing there but rocks and cows. Uh, this is lit a fire under people. Uh, President Trump is, took this area with 65 percent, yet the Republican who uh, beat the incumbent last term only only won 53 percent. That means there's a lot of people out there who who don't support her uh, since mm. she's been in. I mean, she her popularity has went down. Uh, people call her to ask her, hey, how would you vote on on this Cheney situation? Her office tells them, hey, it's a private vote. We don't need to tell you. This is what they're doing to their constituents. Uh, so it opens the door for us. I mean, with uh, President Trump took it, taking 65% of the vote, the Democrats aren't going to raise a credible threat. Uh, they're not going to pour money into this district. That leaves the door wide open for us. I mean, mm. uh, I'm in a district full of libertarians who don't know they're libertarians yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. No, it's, and, and you might just be the perfect candidate for this job based on your background, your resume, your connection to the area. But before we get into that part of the race and, and, and your, you know, who your constituents are, uh, tell us a bit about your military background and how that influenced becoming libertarian and uh or discovering that you were libertarian as the case <laughs> may have been uh, but, but you know and, and why you have you know end the wars as you know one of the you know bullet points on your website even though a lot of people might think you know, that's not relevant well i mean my military background had a lot to do with it i mean uh, first of all let me put the disclaimer in i was not the perfect soldier i mean i retired after 20 years uh, but when I made it to, when I got promoted to specialist E4 last time, they announced it, advancement specialist, third award. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, uh, decode that for the civvies in the audience here. So specialist is E4 in the army. That means it's the fourth enlisted rank. You start private PFC, whatever. They have all sorts of silly shit in the army now. And, but E4 specialist. If you got awarded that for the third time, that means you got busted down twice and then promoted 
back up. And as Chesty Fuller said, you're not a real Marine until you get busted down once or twice. I don't know how the Army feels about that. But it, what what is unusual is that after going through that, you would stick around for 20 years. How many years into your 20 was that third award? Well, let's put it this way. Uh, I was in seven years and got RCP'd out, retention control points saying, after I got busted that that last time, that okay. we don't need it anymore. Uh, right. I, I got out, and for seven years, I was a civilian. Oh. Uh, I, I was selling cars in Texas. Oh, 2000, okay. 2004 rolls around, and I'm like, man, I need to finish my degree. Let me go ahead and join the Texas National Guard, and uh, let me finish getting this degree so I can get a little bit of, a little bit of an education. Uh, six months later, my happy ass is sitting in the desert. Uh, wh- while I'm there, they uh, I made I went from uh, e- from from specialist to sergeant, uh, and they gave me the opportunity to to go back regular army. Uh, I missed the camaraderie. I missed the, the the brother the brothership in arms. Okay, I mean, you don't find that in the civilian world. Yeah, uh, well, let me let me let me pause you on that if you don't mind for a sidebar because that 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 is worth it. There, I mean, I'm not. As as much as I am, as fundamentally, ethically, and practically as anti-militarism as you can get, I am not ignorant or blind or in denial of reality and to say that there are good things in the experience that people get out of this. And it and it's 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 actually really sad. That they that that they have perverted those good things and taken them into the military, but it it's important that we recognize those things that we lose. I mean, one of the obvious ones is physical fitness. The military wants you to be really fit, even if you're in the air force. They at least don't want to pay too much for medical bills, right? It's just um, so. In, but in in the army, you know, any kind of like field op, you know, op uh, related fields in the military. You know, physical fitness is a thing they teach you and they they build habits in you with. And that's amazing. That's a great thing that if you didn't have that, you could get it from the military. But it's not worth fucking killing people over. It's not worth accepting stolen money for a paycheck to get that. And I'd say, like, look, and there are a lot of bigger intangible things. Aside from the, the, the there's the, the security of the paycheck, you know, like, yeah. There, it's stolen money, but it's a it's a secure paycheck. Uh, it's real, yeah, uh, and and then there there are a lot of the other intangible things like in, in the Marine Corps. And and the reason I know this is I worked as a recruiter's assistant for a while, and they did the benefit tags, and they lay out twenty seven, and you get to pick, you got to pick three of these plastic benefit tags of things that you would get out of the experience, and then they pitch you on that. It's really great targeted marketing, right? Um, and, and one of them, you know, there's pride of, of, of belonging or pride of accomplishment, sense of belonging. And the camaraderie is a big one. And the, the military provides uh, an unfortunately unique experience in the world today of feeling like you're pulling as part of a big effort. And for being the sort of pirate army standing, you know, of free men standing in opposition I would say the Libertarian Party is the best example that, that might exist actually outside of the military. And a part of it is because we have a lot of veterans. Yeah, we embrace the suck. <laughs> we have we have a sense of purpose. Okay. Yeah. Uh, listen, so when I when I 
went back and went and was given the chance to go back to to uh, active duty. Went ahead and took it for no other reason is because I'm a stubborn son of a bitch. You tell me, you know what? You can't stay in. You can't go your 20 years. You know what? It's going to happen. Uh, uh, that's part of the same reason we're going to win here. Uh, the best way ever to make sure I did something was to tell me I couldn't do it. Uh, one, but one thing in the military, I mean, I could have done so much better than I did rank wise, but I believe in doing what was right. Not always what was popular. Not always. I didn't always agree with, with the higher ups and, there are cases where, I mean, I had to take a stand for what was right. Uh, and I ended up on people's, some people's bad side. Uh, and it happened. But you know what? Wouldn't change a damn thing. Uh, that's what it is about with being in, uh, a libertarian. I mean, you're going to stand up for what you believe is right. Not what's popular. Not what the, the subject of the day is. Uh, but on to your other question of, of end of wars. I mean, I was a finance guy by trade. I did budget and stuff like this. I see how much money we're throwing down the drain. I mean, I saw how much money when I worked in the U.S. Embassy in, in Amman, Jordan, goes to military aid projects that, in reality, they're not going to that country. They're going to that country for that country to send it back to our defense contractors to send them send them the military hardware. Yep. I mean, it's, it's just another form of ensuring our defense contractors uh, do well. Uh at the expense of the American taxpayers, because at the end of the day, it's not serving our defense. Um, I, I'm one of these guys. I came over a little bit later than some, probably. Um, when when uh, we toppled the, the governments in Iran and in Iraq and in Afghanistan, my thoughts when they were talking pull out, pull out. My thoughts are, hey, no, we screwed. We destabilize these countries. We need to stay to fix it. Well, guess what? After 20 years, if you ain't fixed it. It ain't getting fixed. Okay, it's time for us to cut sling load, get out of there, and and leave them to, to their own devices. I mean, the best thing you can do for a, veteran, a combat veteran, stop making them. Uh, which leads me on to my, my second point. My second driving point for this whole thing is we lose 22, 22 veterans a day. We have since 1999. We keep doing the same shit over and over again and expect different results. It doesn't work that way. We have to switch things up. We have to, we have to go outside the box with our thinking to address the, these 22 a day we're losing. Um, we send these guys, these kids out to war. We separate them. I mean, we send them away from family and friends at a young age. And in today's society, we don't teach them to be mentally resilient. Uh, we protect them. We give them participation trophies. We don't teach them how to handle adverse situations. We can't be surprised when, when they have hardships and they're having trouble coping with them. Uh, so, I mean, that's uh, of my three main points. I mean, that's, that's the second one is trying to do something and ending these 22 a day. Uh, and, and the first step to that is end the wars. Stop, yeah. stop creating these, these, these combat veterans. I mean, I'm a firm believer of, of, of Teddy Roosevelt when it comes to our defense. Okay. I mean, soft care, so, talk softly, carry a big ass stick. Okay. But we don't need those, that, that stick to be everywhere around the world. We need to be here at home. I mean, we need to, to send the money we're giving to our soldiers needs to be spent here, not something else, not somewhere else. Okay. Uh, 
I mean, that, that's something I'm passionate about. It's more something I, I, I believe in. Uh, take this money we're spending on all this foreign aid and stuff like that. Take care of our our, our vets who have come home and who are who are having issues. I mean, there, there's better way. I don't like to spend the money. I mean, I'm, I'm a libertarian. I don't like big government, but I'm a firm believer in taking responsibility for what we created. Well, hey, Travis, uh, two questions I want to respond to. Keep this one up for a second, but I want to go back. It was uh, I2I on YouTube had a comment along the lines of there will always be war, even if the people don't want it. And uh, I uh, vehemently object to that idea. And, and, and part of it is just my inherent libertarian optimism, but also Steven Pinker's work about the decline in violence. And as I say, with you know what we're doing with Homefront Battle Buddies, and and you know empowering a generation of veterans the one thing that transcends politics is that you know we all want to make this the last generation of combat veterans the world ever knows do you think that's a realistic goal i think it's an admirable goal i don't necessarily think it's realistic uh i think wherever you have power in governments those governments are going to expand that power uh, and, and that may be once they expand that power to its limits within its own borders, they're going to try to expand their borders. I mean, that's just the nature of government. I mean, they they get power. They want more power. They want more power. The people who are in power. It's, a, it's an unsatiable, unsatiable thirst. And eventually that's going to cross over borders. Uh, I mean, it's a pessimistic view, probably. Uh, but I think if we look at history, that's what we've seen is, is countries continue to want to expand their border, expand their influence, expand their power. Uh, the only way to stop it, I think, is with a, a firm defense of going, hey, it's a your, your uh, the benefit is going to your costs are going to outweigh your benefit if you come here. Well, I think that's the the long term trend of market improvement. And your your point does not dissuade me at all from the inevitability <laughs> of a warless world. We will achieve it eventually and partially because people like you are willing to take this stand. You know, even even with your argument, it's only an argument that I go, well, all right, maybe I'll take a generation or two before we're really done. But you know what? I, and, and that's a lot of my whole thing with libertarianism as a whole is we're going to get there. But it may not happen overnight. I mean, it's a it's a step by step process. Absolutely. All right. Speaking of which, a very interesting question in terms of long term chronology, perhaps Mike Freeman asks. Don't we need those hard men for hard times? Hard times seem to be coming, and these whining soy boys aren't <laughs> going to stay in the storm beaches like D-Day. And, and Travis, I would just sort of add one thing to this question here. You know, is, is, how familiar are you with the sort of cycle of generations of, you know, hard times create, uh, you know, hard men create soft times, create soft, times create soft men. Or generate whatever it is, yeah. Uh, but your thoughts on that and 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 what it means? I mean, a big part of this to me is like, <coughs> excuse me, uh, the perversion of what it means to be an honorable warrior, to being a soldier who's willing to get paid to kill for politicians, mm -hmm. and that there is, a, a, you know, are there hard times coming? I, I think we're in them, you know. Uh, but how do you see all of those playing out, and maybe your role or the role of our generation of veterans? 
I do think to a certain extent there is a a uh, circular motion with that as as far as as what he said with hard times come hard men and and uh, so forth. Uh, be honest with you, I mean, I, I would like to think think that we're going to end it. I don't I don't know that we will though. I mean, we look at look at history. I mean, every every uh, empire or every successful country eventually has come come falling down uh and a lot of that has become in in my view anyway the uh they spend themselves to death i mean culture rises and and you start spending so much money on 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 the finer things that it creates an unstable environment i mean and that's i think where we're at right now with our spending mm. i mean our spending is is where we keep on spending to try to keep a Proving our our, uh, our standard of living, our the, the way of life, but it's the, the whole time you're doing it, it's devaluing your currency, where it's just a a, a never-ending cycle, and eventually it's going to crash. And when it crashes, guess what? I mean, it's going to be soft men going having them become hard men again to rebuild it from the ground up. Um, is it something I like? No. Uh, is something I hope we can avoid. Yes, but uh, and that's one of the reasons I'm running is we got to pump the brakes on our spending, otherwise we're we are going to end up in that situation. All right, tell us about how your lifestyle is, uh, you know, a representation of your beliefs and your values when it comes to you know what I would call homesteading stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I tell you when when uh and and I and I wrote a post on my Facebook a while back on this and I think it it probably sets the tone the best uh during this winter and, I, and i'm in minnesota we get some bad we get some hard ass winters negative 35 before, before the wind chill uh and raising livestock in that environment is rough i mean th there's there was one situation where we had some some unexpected goat kidding in the middle of january uh and we and we lost one mm -hmm. uh, i checked my cameras in my barn and i see a brand new piglet fell into the water trough and my farm property, my farm property is ten miles from here. One o'clock in the morning, in a blizzard, I am driving over there as fast as I can uh, to to save this freaking piglet. Uh, and we pull him out, we dry him off, and, and I spend three hours, three to four hours, getting him warm enough to survive. And, and he did it. And I'm, and I'm sitting here wondering, you know what? If these jackasses in in D.C. had to do this once in a while. Maybe they wouldn't be the way they are. Maybe they they put a little bit more value in things. Uh, these are the things that that I mean that we do. I mean, especially in a, on the homestead or something like that. I mean, every every animal is important to us. I mean, yep. unlike some of the the big the the big commercial or confinement operations. I mean, they look at every animal as a business business decision. We I don't. Okay, I mean we every everyone is valuable, and if it me if it's a, a little piglet that I'm gonna have to drive through a, a blizzard at one o'clock in the freaking morning and spend four hours, three to four hours just warming up so that one little baby piglet lives, I think that goes to the quality of the person. Can you imagine any of these guys in DC doing that? Um, really? I mean, very few of them. Uh, Thomas Massey, maybe, but I mean, most of them they don't. These are. These are hardships in rural America that we do on a daily basis. I mean, come harvest time, I mean, you got guys out here 
here driving beet trucks, sugar beet trucks, 12 hours a day trying to get it in as fast as possible. You get a break in the weather, they're out there, I mean, running 24-hour operations trying to get the crops in before you get a heavy rain and, and you can't pull anything out. That's a lot about what Western Minnesota is about. I mean, not, it's not just that. We have a lot more than just the ag ag uh, industry. But I mean, it's a lot of that's those those are the type of people I think we have here. Well, uh, tell us about tell us about, I was going to say tell us next about your district, your constituents, and your connection to the community there. You know, and I'll go a little bit further back than that. When I, I retired in 2018, and I got here and I started my little my little farmstead, uh, I wanted to build a barn on my property. I wanted it somewhat close to the road, so if I have to haul hay in or out. During the winter, it's not a big issue. Went to get a permit. They have a they had a right of way and a set of side of 150 feet from the middle of the road that I couldn't build my barn. Now, I live on a, this is on a, a a pretty wide dirt road, and I'm like that makes no sense. Let me go let me go talk to the county commissioners. Let me see see what's the purpose on this. I went in there and I asked, hey, why can't I build my barn here? What is the issue? Half an hour, they're, they're, they're running circles around, not wanting to give me an answer. And finally, finally, one of them goes, well, maybe we might want to build a for, uh, expand the highway there one day. It's a freaking dirt road. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, 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 and, and that got me involved and said, you know what, I'm going to, you know what, I could, there's two ways to change things. You can go through the, the long, drawn-out procedure, or I can put my ass on this council and try to change it. Yeah. Uh, that's a direct route. Well, I went that route. Uh, didn't work out so well. Uh, again, I moved here in 2018. I'm not originally from here. My wife is. Uh, and I was going against a local. Uh, he'd been in there for, for 16 years, I want to say. A local mm. boy. Middle of COVID. You can't really campaign. Uh, we still took over 30% of the vote, which I thought was great. Nice. Uh, yeah. No, for a first, for first political campaign at anything... Breaking double digits is a meaningful accomplishment. Yeah, right. Uh, and, and, but then when I started in, uh, it's like, okay, and that was November this past year, like, I'm done. Uh, political thing, I gave it my shot, whatsoever, whatever. Um, and then we started seeing how things started working out with our current representative. And I had to sit back and think about it. People ask me all the time, man, why Congress? Why don't you go for something, something local, something easy? Honestly, this seat is probably the easier one to win. When you're mm. not when you're non-local in a small market, that's a rough one. That's a rough one to win. Right. Now, as you dilute that market, where that local aspect takes a lot less impact, uh, and when you take a situation like this, where we have somebody who's just very honestly, she's just not popular. She's she's a career politician. She's everything the people here hate. Uh, that's why Tr Donald Trump does so well in this district. And, and I've sat down and talked to people. It's, yes, it's a little bit about the policies. But it's more that he's anti-establishment. Uh, he endorsed this 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 uh, candidate, and everybody's kind of shaking their head on why. I mean, because she, she's everything he was against. I mean, she is a career politician. Right. I mean, from day one, she's never had a job outside of politics. She was on the she was on the state level for a while. She was a lieutenant governor for a little while, uh, not because she was elected lieutenant governor, but because the lieutenant governor got promoted to senator, and she was the head of the Senate. The state senate. Uh, then she lost the the, the reelection for lieutenant governor. 
Uh, so she had some name recognition. She had backing of the establishment. Uh, but the thing is, she's she's just she's not likable. She's not. The people here don't feel like she represents them. She's a lawyer. I mean, she's not Western Minnesota. She's not. I mean, you uh, you go up there and you when she has a rally or anything like that, you try to ask questions and. She's so protected by her chief of staff and stuff like this. I mean, it's just it, it's funny. She's just not very well prepared. Uh, and, and the thing is, her staff member is the chair for the uh, Republican Party for this district. They're already saying we're not going to really entertain a, a primary challenger for her. Right. Yeah. Um, only, no, I, I, see, I see the opportunity here. Uh, I'm their let only option. <laughs> let me turn it back to the issues in your pitch to your constituents for a second right. here for, for the last big question we got for you. On your website, two top issues you have listed here are regulation and education. And I want to ask why those issues, why are you putting these first? What matters to constituents and, and what's your ultimate pitch on why they should vote for you? Right. Uh, regulation is a big issue for me uh, because again, I'm, I'm a small livestock producer. Uh, regulations have kind of limited my options on our, our small producers options on where they bring their product. Uh, again, hats off to representative Massey. He's been pushing something called the prime act. Uh, what the Prime Act would do is allow small producers to sell cuts of their animals through a custom butcher instead of having to go through a USDA butcher. Uh, currently, if I want to sell my animal, I've got to sell a live animal. I can't sell steaks. I can't sell pork chops. I got to sell a quarter pig or a half a pig unless I go through a USDA butcher, which is few and far, far between. Mm -hmm. uh, these are the kind of regulations that are that are hurting our small businesses. Uh, it doesn't allow us to be competitive, so so that's one of my one of my big issues on on uh, on on that as far as regulation. I mean, people, the the uh, uh, zoning issue. I mean, granted, zoning issue is not going to be an issue I'm going to be able to fight in D.C. Uh, but the more regulation we count, we we cut. That's the more government we cut. That's the more expenses we cut. When, when they passed this last COVID bill and I and I read that 600-page monstrosity, the amount of money going to enforce the regulations in it was crazy. I mean, I'd say probably one out of every $5 was actually going to the government to implement these programs. So the more regulation we can cut, the more of that overhead we're going to cut. Uh now, uh, did you want to respond well, to that question on the screen? Yeah, that, that question popped up and then it caught my eye. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. You got it already did, uh, we'll, but if you want to we'll, get into it, go yeah. ahead. We'll, we'll go back more to the, to the education in a second. Uh, you know what? I mean, the uh, how am I going to fix local levels from a federal seat? I'm not. What I am going to do is I'm going to I'm going to change the environment. Um, that's my goal is to change the environment. I, I'm not going to have a whole lot to do on uh, the local level except. In, in the fact that when you're a U.S. congressman and you call and you ask a question on a local level, you tend to get answers. You tend not to get the runaround. Because guess what? Even these local levels, they depend on federal dollars. So while I may not be sitting on the council, I'll have a, I'll have a seat at the table. So, uh, I hope that answers that question. On, on the education side, uh, one of the reasons we're pushing that is 
is the uh, the Department of Education has pushes down standards, and not only them, but the state. The state is pushing down. This is what you will teach. Uh, fact of the matter is, since the Department of Education came into effect, we went from the number one ranked educational country to eighth. Uh, dictating from the top just doesn't work. Uh, that has been a strong point in 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 our campaign. In fact, uh, I went to a rally a while back where where my opponent Michelle Fishbach was there, and one of the questions was, "Hey, how do we get more control on our education to local levels?" Uh, she's like. Well, I don't know. This is something we have to look at, at which point I had to interject and go, hey, I mean, Representative Massey has already put up an, an, a, uh, an act to eliminate the Department of Education, uh, at which point her chief of staff did a face palm. Uh, the fact that she didn't know that. Uh, so, I mean, so that is a that is a, a, a it's an issue where I can come back now and say, you know what? Not only is this a. Uh, a issue, but this is how I'll solve it. I'll also I'll, I'll I'll co-sponsor Representative Massey's uh, bill. Okay, let let's eliminate Department of Education. That's that to me. That's an easy one. That's that's a no-brainer. Uh, people people don't want to hear you're going to shrink government. They want to hear how you're going to shrink it. Well, I'm going to shrink it by by eliminating the Department of Education. Uh, one 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 scenario we're looking at is the possibility of turning federal lands. In Minnesota, over to the First Americans, mm-hmm. get them out of the Department of Interior. Let's make these treat. Let's make right on on some of these these uh, issues where we didn't do right during history. At the same time, let's put these lands in, in the hands of people who will protect them and won't allow them the yeah. won't allow the corporations to to completely take advantage of them and return us nothing. Yep. Okay. Blake Travis. Uh, uh, I got to wrap up with one last really fun question for you here. We have a okay. comment contest going today. I think it's a good one for any politician. Uh, the way Ed phrased it, our co-host, was if, if you were in charge of a grand jury and you could go after, in the U.S. legal system, anybody you wanted to with that, uh, who would you go after first? Uh, and, and I would expand it to say if, if in a broader situation, you could deliver justice through holding one person accountable to, and, and, and putting them to trial uh, or group or entity. Who, who, would, who would be at the top of your list? Well, I'm almost scared to say this because, I mean, I'd like to live through my, my election. Uh, I would have to say Hillary. I would have to say Hillary Clinton. I mean, just there's so much shady stuff that, that she was involved in. Uh, I mean, I think she's as much a part of the, the military industrial complex as, as anybody. Uh, and there's just, there, there's with her, there was just no account. There's no accountability. There's no responsibility. So, so she's one of the ones that just, that always comes to my mind. I'm sorry. She's a, a low hanging <laughs> fruit. Okay. She's just a low hanging fruit. <laughs> Focal point of a lot of fucked up shit. Indisputably, okay. Travis. The website is bulljohnsonforcongress.us. Thank you so much for joining us today, sir. Oh, uh, my pleasure, sir. And uh, if I, if I could just plug one real quick thing. Hey guys, we're in an uphill battle. So any, if you go to this website and if you can, Donate a few dollars. Help us keep this alive. Uh, Validity is the catch. I mean, if we want to win this, people have to look at us and say this is a valid option. 
Uh, one of the ways they look at that is fundraising. Uh, great thing about libertarians is we got all kind of ideas, but we're, we're a little chintzy sometimes when it comes to uh, putting our money where our mouth is. So any help at all would be very much, very greatly appreciated uh, because it, it shows we're a real player. It shows we're not a, I'm being it to win it, guys, plain and simple. Okay, I'm not here for a protest vote. I am here to be the first nationally elected libertarian to go to Congress. And it's the perfect storm. So I appreciate your time, sir. I appreciate you allowing me on the show. And uh, hopefully I get to sit across from you as a congressman one day. Oh, hopefully we get rid of Congress before that ever happens. But thank you for joining us today, Travis. (laughs) Greatly appreciate your time, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it, sir. All right. That was fun. Glad we got to ask him the comment contest question. We don't have time to go back to Ed. We're going to make time at the end of the show. It's Catch-Up Thursday. I got so many headlines, but wasn't that fun spending that time with Travis Bull Johnson? Please check out his website. Definitely, if you're in the area, Libertarian Campaign worth volunteering for. Reuters, next, news.trust.org. U.S. General, China hiking military capability at very serious and sustained rate. And if you, Jim, get the whole story on screen. It's three paragraphs. It's the it's a tweet of a story for for Reuters. And this is it. The top U.S. general said in testimony to the Senate on Thursday as he warned of a risk of increased threat to peace and global stability. Army General Mark Milley, quote, we must ensure that we retain our competitive and technological edge, as he said, uh, the to the Senate Armed Services Committee. He is, of course, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. The United States has put countering China at the heart of its national security policy for several years now, with both countries at loggerheads over issues from Taiwan and human rights to Chinese military activities in the disputed South China Sea. And this is reporting by Phil Stewart and Idris Ali. They needed two reporters for the story to make us afraid of China and justify military spending. Speaking of China... We have an update from CNN. I wish we had time to get into this because it deserves more coverage than it's getting. Uyghurs are being deported from Muslim countries, raising concern about China's growing reach. Yeah, like uh, the case of Amanisa Abdullah and her husband Ahmed Talib were on their way to shop for baby clothes in Dubai when Ahmad uh, had to report to a police station immediately because of a message that came through on his phone. And he, he, so he dropped her off at a friend's house and then never came back. I mean, this is untold scope of crimes against humanity being committed by the Chinese government right now. Bloomberg.com, Cyprus and Malta warned by EU, EU over passports for sale. We've got a racket. How dare you undercut us? Cyprus and Malta were warned again by the European Commission to stop so-called golden passport programs that grant European Union citizenship to investors. How dare you buy your way in? APnews.com, Turkish mafia boss dishes dirt becomes YouTube phenomena. And basically, uh, it's uh, from just former convicted crime ringleader dishing dirt from Turkish or on Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan's ruling party uh, through a series of tell-all videos that have captivated the nation and turned him into an unlikely 
social media phenomenon. Uh, I'm going to be looking into that. I, hopefully this weekend I get to watch some of his videos because I'm, I'm really curious now. Newsweek.com. Al Jazeera journalist Givara Buderi detained by Israeli police in East Jerusalem. That's right. Israeli police detained an Al Jazeera reporter. She was covering a demonstration Saturday in the Sheikh Jarrah neighborhood of East Jerusalem. But, um, Trying to do this in a hurry. Give me a break here. The Associated Press reported. That's not what they reported. That, that was me, in case you were wondering. Stories that I think Ed might want to weigh in here. I'll give you time. Fox10Phoenix.com, former Fox 10 anchor Carrie Lake announces run for Arizona governor. And I I never heard of Carrie Lake before this because I don't watch Fox. I definitely don't watch Arizona Fox. Uh, but the Arizona Secretary of State confirms that she filed a statement uh, of interest and carrylake.com has a Carrie Lake for governor logo. So serious. She is at least making a very deliberate effort. Uh, she left her job in March and has been criticizing a media landscape she contends needs more balance. She's publicly embraced conservative ideals, retweeting the account of Arizona Senate's unprecedented audit of former president Donald Trump's loss in Arizona and other border states and tweeting about the lack of border security and mask mandates. So interesting disruptor, at least. Going to be interesting to see how her uh, media history uh, affects her candidacy. To see someone who's a former you know, local Fox 10 major you know, media figure uh, running for governor of Arizona is going to be a fun race to follow. And when I see a headline like this from uh, Phoenix New Times, and this is uh, March 8th this year. I, when I see her being attacked like this, I'm kind of like, I, I like her a little bit more, right? Five highlights of Carrie Lake's dark path to right-wing radicalization. And it's like, uh, and th then they throw in a bunch of like libertarian stuff. And I'm not trying to say that she's libertarian. Like, no, she's not. Um, but she, she is uh, potentially disruptive libertarian leaning conservative and in arizona that might just be enough to get you elected governor now a couple quick health headline stories uh studyfinds.org gluten-free generation number of children with celiac disease doubled over the past 25 years and it's like oh really uh, and also another uh, section in the story, millions of children with celiac disease may be undiagnosed. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, want, I was like, I can't include this in good news because I know whatever reason there is behind this, it's not like some benign trend. Uh, it's good that we're understanding it. But let's have some empathy for those featured in our next story from the Associated Press. Excuse me, food allergies. Complicate hungry Americans search for meals. When Emily Brown, a Kansas City mother, couldn't find foods that her two-year-old with multiple food allergies could eat at a local food pantry, she mustered up the courage to ask about gluten-free foods or dairy alternatives. The response, you got something. The only thing things her daughter could eat were potatoes and salsa. So especially right now with food prices skyrocketing and people facing challenges like this, uh, all the more reason to start a community garden, to be self-sufficient, to create a, a convenient fountain of healthy food for people, because it's not 
that hard to create such a thing. Time, energy, effort, and love. APnews.com, Supreme Court rules against immigrants with temporary status and unanimous, a unanimous Supreme, is, should it be an unanimous? Did AP get this wrong? If it's unanimous, it has a Y sound, so it's A, even though technically the way I was taught should be A-N. All right. We don't have time to geek out on grammar shit, Adam. A unanimous Supreme Court ruled Monday that thousands of people living in the U.S. for humanitarian reasons are ineligible to apply to become permanent residents. Yep. All right. If you want to get into that more and understand the legal uh, delineations made, uh, it'll be in the notes. It, it is, it's actually already in the notes at t.me slash Adam versus the man. Fox 32 Chicago.com. Months long battle over $50 parking ticket ends up costing Brookfield thousands. Call it the case of the $12,410 parking ticket. It all started with a $50 parking violation. The $12,410 is what the village of Brookfield paid to try and collect the fine. The village confirms they have officially ended this battle. It hands a victory to Michael Camerano, the resident who the village contends illegally parked in a street clean zone on a street sweeping day back in May. But he apparently determined he was not going to pay the $50 ticket without a fight. He complained about that ticket and subsequent challenges and legal maneuvers over four months would eventually lead the village of Brookfield to back off. Once it became, well, uh, this, yeah, congratulations. Let this fun, powerful story simply serve as a reminder that there are a lot more of us than there are of them. And their petty harassment shakedown rackets are not sustainable when a critical mass of us realize that. From popculture.com, Sweet Tooth newspaper ad stunts sparks, stunt sparks divisive reaction. This is really interesting. USA Today came under fire on social media this weekend for an advertisement that at first last made it. Jeez, <laughs> I need more water in the studio here. I'm going to try to talk fast like that. Ugh! For an advertisement that at first glance made it appear as if the paper was getting in the supermarket tabloid game by teasing human-animal hybrid babies. Well, look at the genuine front page from the newspaper. It was really an advertisement for the new Netflix series, Sweet Tooth, a show based on the DC Comics series by Jeff Lemire was released on Netflix Friday. And uh, yeah, they're getting a lot of extra advertising out of this. Who knows if this is uh, media worth consuming, but you can see from the picture that Jim's got on screen there like that, this was above the fold that USA Today sold their front page for a misleading ad that made it look like news. Uh, sounds like desperation on, on, on their part. TheDailyBeast.com, Biden DOJ will keep defending Trump on rape defamation case. Weird quirk of our legal system that still defends ex-presidents. Um, Rob B. writes, I tried watching Sweet Tooth. It's horrible propaganda. Tell us, please, quickly, Rob, if you could, 
How is it propaganda? As in, what is the point? What is the editorial angle that you would object to? WSJ, the Wall Street Journal, WSJ.com. IRS is investigating a release of tax information of wealthy Americans. Yeah, I got to go after the leakers. That's really just about all there is to the story in wake of the ProPublica published tax uh, income details of people, including Jeff Bezos, Warren Buffett, and many others sparking quite uh, a furor over how you can afford to not pay taxes if you're rich enough in this country. The guard, if, but that's, to any of you paying attention, that's not even news. <clears throat> Theguardian.com, amid mega drought, right-wing militia stokes water rebellion in U.S. West. This is the latest from Amon Bundy. Interesting demonization of the protesters here in the story. Uh, Rob B. says it's about vaccines pandemic and bad humans so it's it's like collectivists like bully people into compliance over vaccines is that and sounds like um makes sense and they're using like human hybrid or human animal hybrid babies as the the teaser on usa today to promote that you know that does put in a different light uh fears of confrontation uh, between law enforcement and right-wing militia supporters over the control of water and the drought-stricken America, American West have been sparked by protests at Klamath Falls in Oregon. Protesters affiliated with right-wing anti-government activist Ammon Bundy's People's Rights Network are threatening to break a deadlock over water management in the area by unilaterally opening the headgates of a reservoir. Yeah, we're going to be coming back to that story. From the Associated Press, APnews.com official sues over his arrest at police brutality protests in Milwaukee County supervisors filed a lawsuit against the city and county alleging law enforcement officers violated civil rights when he was arrested at a protest over police brutality a year ago. Milwaukee County Sheriff Erna Lucas called Clancy's claims frivolous. Does he know that we murder and like really rough people up that this is nothing? This is totally frivolous. Yeah. Okay. NewJerseyGlobe.com, fun good news headline, Weed Man. That is New Jersey Weed Man. Running for governor will challenge Murphy from left on marijuana legalization. Yep, yep. And finally, some great news. We got to the end of our headline stack for the week before we get to Good News Friday. Yahoo Finance carrying the story from the independent El Salvador to use energy from volcanoes for Bitcoin mining, Vishwam sunk her on with this story hours after because a follow-up, great follow-up to our story from yesterday. Hours after becoming the first nation to authorize Bitcoin as legal tender, El Salvador's president, Naya Bukele, instructed a state-owned geothermal electric company to plan to use geothermal energy from the country's volcanoes for mining for the cryptocurrency. And with that, let's check in with co-host Ed Vallejo and our audience and our comments for the comment question of the day. Who's first to the guillotine according to the Adam versus the man audience today, Ed? Well, we have five entries. Healthy disrespect for authority wants George Soros for crimes against humanity. Patrick Lewis wants Bill Gates for genocide, insurrections, bioweapons manufacturing, and conspiracy to commit war crimes. Mike Freeman says, who would I interrogate under grand jury? George W. Bush and Barack Obama. Anthony Ralston says, indict Pelosi only so I can see her ass try to lie her way out of it. 
Yeah, okay. See, I, I, I like that last one for the reasoning. Like, you want to talk about widespread impact of justice. Putting some Pelosi represents a unique institution within an institution. My choice, I agree with Nicholas Canada, who also agrees with our guest today when he said Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton. I just uh, want to see I, her face <laughs> when she's on trial. All right. None of the serious answers. Get over the first best joke answer. Whoever's touching Ed's cell phone right now. Uh, uh, if, if, any of the, if any of you who were mentioned as, uh, as winners or honorable mention runners up for today's comment contest are not already members of the Producers Club, Send Jim an email, Jim at thefreedomline.com. Ed, any uh, any final thoughts today? <laughs> no, no, just just let's let's love each other out there. The world doesn't have enough love. If we had more love, we wouldn't have any problems at all. Amen. All right. With that, Jim, give us the producer notes, brother. Awesome. Uh, producer note number one, all you need is love and a dog. It says so right here. It is written. <laughs> it is written into being. So that is how it is. Uh, after that, join us. Telegram, public channel. Everyone's welcome. T.me forward slash Adam versus the man. Uh, good job to our winners today. Like they said, email me, Jim, at thefreedomline.com. I'll get you set up with your winnings. Anyone that didn't win but wants to get in today anyways, you can go straight to patreon.com forward slash anniversary man and just buy your way in. Uh, and once you do that, you'll have access to the Producers Club, and you'll also get 15% off and free shipping on everything in our store. So that's great. Cigarfederation.com is a website we send people to because they allow people to use promo code ADAM10 to get 10% off of their entire order there. So definitely take advantage of that. The Instagram handle is at the Garden of Freedom. Don't forget to get involved in that and follow that. The Crypto6.com, the Bitcoin church that was raided, that's the website. You can do everything you need to for there. And GoGreenEnergyOnline.com, the best do-it-yourself website for anyone looking to be self-sustained. Peace out, everybody. All right. And now, oh, Rob B. Wayne in. Here you go. The, uh, Rob B., the agent has his dick in one hand and Ed's phone in the other. Yeah, put him on the chopping block first. All right. To GoodNewsNetwork.org for good news and history for June 10th. It was on this day in 1847, the Chicago Chicago Tribune newspaper began publishing neutral news. Next one's fun. It was on this day in 1902, a patent for the window envelope, an envelope with a window in it, was granted to H.F. Callahan. And my brain had to figure that out and read it three times. Like, an envelope with a window in it, is that like a sheet of glass slipped into a plastic window? Is that some kind of coating? insulation thing i don't what's it what's a window envelope is that a freight now oh yeah duh an envelope like a mailing envelope with, with the window in it yeah 1902 uh on this day in 1925 the united church of canada held its first service following the merger of methodist presbyterian and congregationalist churches um consolidation of religion i don't know if that's a good thing or not on the same 1947 saab produced its first automobile uh, on this day in 1975, the Eagles released One of These Nights, their fourth studio LP, which became the band's first number one album with its three top ten singles, One of These Nights, Lion Eyes, and Take It to the Limit. I love all that music, I got I to say. Um, on this day in 1977, here is the 
we, we finished the good news in history today with two interesting uh, tech points. Um, well, actually, one other good news. 86 years ago today was the founding of Alcoholics Anonymous. On this day in 1977, Apple Computer shipped, shipped its first Apple II personal computer. We don't mark that as a landmark. It's just another blip on the, 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 the development of the computer. Apple II, oh, yeah, before Apple III, whatever. But on this day in 2009, Web 2.0 became the millionth word to enter the English language, a technical term meaning the next generation of worldwide web products and services. Web 2.0? When was the last time you heard someone use the term Web 2.0 meaningfully? Anyway, mwah! peace and love, y'all. Choose happiness and be excellent to each other.